My name is Peter Himmelman, Grammy and Emmy-nominated musician, author, and chief dream enabler of Big Muse. I'm proud to underwrite this episode of The Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Discover why companies like Adobe, 3M, McDonald's, and Gap have brought in Big Muse's rock and roll-fueled seminars to get inspired, to get insight, and to get activated. Write to me today at Peter at bigmuse.com. Entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders, and that's you, by the way, so you can inspire others going to be a lot of inspiration today. Listen carefully for the next few minutes. I'm proud to let you know we record the Business Builder Show in the studios of 94.3 FM The Talker, which is part of Bold Gold Media, and we are in Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find our show and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio. That's at c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. My special guest with me today, and by the way, he is in the studio in beautiful Scranton, Pennsylvania, is Mr. Earl Granville. Hi, Earl. Marty, thanks for having me. You have a handshake over here. I'm thrilled (laughs) you're here. Um... I want to make this announcement kind of a little bit of a different show today for our, for our listeners, Earl. Um, this is our Veterans Day edition of the Business Builder Show. By the way, this is the first time I've ever done any special show. Oh, wow. So well, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm thrilled you're here. And you are from, uh, from our area. So I'll do a brief introduction. We're going to spend time talking about your background, what your experiences are. Quickly, here's a quick one on Earl Granville. He was medically retired from the Army, holding the rank of Staff Sergeant and earning some military awards such as Combat Infantryman Badge, Bronze Star, and the Purple Heart. And he is now a professional speaker touring the country, and he is an advocate. And we'll talk about what he is advocating in a minute. So, Earl, it's about Veterans Day. So, you give me your interpretation what we should be thinking about on Veterans Day. On Veterans Day, uh, I feel society just likes to honor our men and women of the armed forces, uh, current and past as well, and just give them a little uh, pat on the back and thank you for you know, yeah. taking that time. Yeah. What are you finding, though? Are, are people, other than a day off, I'm going to be a little harsh. <laughs> uh, I understand. Uh, you travel all over the country. Mm-hmm. You are a veteran. Um, we should be thinking about this. Are we as a country? Are we talking about it enough, Earl? Are we talking about it enough? My humble opinion, I believe so. Believe I, so? I, that's my opinion. Great, I you love know, it. Other Go. people, other people uh, may think differently. 
but it seems everywhere I go, um, you know, I do get appreciation uh, for what I've done, this and that. And I don't even look at it like that. It's just something I did and um, adversity fell on my lap and I overcame it. And it, yeah. that's just my personal experience. Um, I think we we wind to 40 years ago. Think how people, the men and women who wore the uniform, how they were treated then to mm. now. Mm. I think we advanced so much. Amen. And helping and just appreciating and welcoming, yeah. welcoming our armed forces service members. And I think one of the big things to realize too is, you know, the humility that I think a lot of us feel because of how society treats us. Uh-huh. You know, for most of us anyway. You know, yeah. some some people I feel like they get a big head over it. Let's be real. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> but I I think it's it's I'm grateful. I think society has been wonderful. And, you know, and I don't even look at it like that anymore. I'm just like any other person, whether they served or not, you know, because yeah. that's the way I feel like yeah. after we take that uniform off, take the pride in what we, we've done yeah. and integrate back to society as a civilian and yeah. continue to serve. As a civilian. Absolutely. Um, so I told you this was going to be an all over the lot conversation. So you talk a lot about resiliency and those kinds of things. Let's talk about the idea of going from now you were injured correct well let's start that way talk to me about when and how you entered the military and and your injury let's start there absolutely so i was a senior in high school and my twin brother joseph and my cousin paul were talking about joining the military and i'll be honest at that time i had no desire to (laughs) even go that route that was nothing that was not my cards i was like i don't want to do anything like that i knew i wanted to further my education I didn't have any scholarships lined up or anything like that. I knew I'd be paying for it. Well, um, Joe went and talked to a recruiter, and I gave him a ride to see the recruiter. And <laughs> okay. you, you see where this is going, right? <laughs> yeah, go. And next thing I know, I'm joining the Pennsylvania Army National Guard as an infantryman. And I was like, oh, well, free it. You know, and honestly, what sold me was that free education. Yeah. I think a lot of us joined for those reasons, yeah. too. And, yeah. and this is also, you know, Last decade, early last decade. So graduated high school in June 2001, landed for basic training at Fort Benning, Georgia to become infantryman September 1st, 2001. Mm. We know what happened 11 days later. Mm, There's a connection there. I gotta tell you, when those towers got hit, I remember looking at my brother who was in boot camp with me. Yeah. And I was like, Joe, I didn't sign up for this, man. You know, the selfish in me. Of uh, why I joined. Like, I signed for an education. I didn't sign to go yeah, to war. What like, is well, this crap, Exactly. Man. Honest to God, <laughs> like, you know? What is I mean, this about? I didn't. And, wow. and it was, I thought of myself. It's me. I'm, what am I, what can I get out of this? And that was my mindset at the time yeah. as a punk little 18 year old. Yeah, but right? th- th- that's not unusual. Earl. Absolutely. I mean, most of us at 18 think that way. So go <laughs> ahead. So, but then you, uh, you went on a vacation. Uh, <laughs> right? a, a few vacations. They, they, they put you on a couple paid vacations, right? <laughs> Where were the, some glamorous places you were? <laughs> uh, well, obviously I didn't jump ship. I didn't go AWOL or desert the military. You know, I stayed with it. Um, graduated boot camp. Joe and I became infantrymen. And as soon as we get back, uh, we got orders for Bosnia and Bosnia, if you guys are familiar with it, a little civil war that was going on over there, the Croats and the Serbs and the Muslims, and they're just slaughtering each other over there. Wow. And yeah. um, But the time we got there, this was 2002 into 2003, the conflict has died down quite a bit, and we're there in a peacekeeping presence. So mm. there was no pulling the trigger, no real threat to us and them themselves. Right. Society over there has pretty much been peaceful at this point. 
So we're just there as, as a presence, making sure that the fighting doesn't start up again, pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was 19 years old, and I used to go into the village of Cladange twice on my tour, doing a radio show with an interpreter, talking to kids mm-hmm. in Bosnia, where they would call in and ask what life is like back in America. Really? Just to get, yeah, we, we only did it twice, but I just an idea of what this type of deployment was like. Yeah. Like, it, it seemed like we're more of just a presence there, and it was, it was pretty awesome, man, getting to sure. mingle with society, um, yeah. Yeah. people of Bosnia, and not at a, not in a threatening way. Right. More of a, hey, we're here. It was nice, right? Yeah, it was awesome. I actually, beautiful part of the world, Eastern yeah. Europe. Yeah. And I would go again, honest to God. Yeah. You know, my own time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but then things progressed. Yep. Things changed, huh? Yep. We uh, came home from Bosnia, and being that we were in the National Guard, uh, we weren't active duty. So I enrolled in the Lackawanna College right down the road here. Yeah. And I got two semesters in, and then we got a warning order for Iraq. Now, this is a volunteer mission because we just got back from Bosnia. The way how the Guard works, like... Uh, it's just the law at the time. And, mm. and you were allowed to go. You could, you could volunteer and go if you wanted to. And Joe volunteered right away. Mm. And I thought, man. So I sat on it for a little bit because mm. in my mindset, no, I'm staying back. I did my deployment. So that was my mindset. And I thought, well, if Joe goes, I have to go too. I just think that feels right. Right. So I raised my hand and I went over. I got to tell you, Marty, best decision I've ever made. Fascinating. I get it. I tell me why. I've made the military at the time when I first joined. It was about me. It was about me. What can I get out of this? Yeah. Where I want my free education. What are my benefits? Yeah. Going in a situation like over there, becoming an NCO, a sergeant, and being more of a responsibility, where I realize it's not about me anymore. It's about us. Do this you know? was you're maturing in, in in that environment. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And it, it was a, you know, it was quite a shocker, man. It's, it just mm. kind of opened my eyes a little bit and it wasn't easy over there. Let's be real. Yeah. My platoon itself, we had one purple heart recipient, uh, just that's it. And which was pretty good. Yeah. Um, another company who was in Ramadi, uh, locally here, uh, they lost, uh, six people in a matter mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, 11 days, I believe. Wow. Five of those in one day. Yeah. George Puglisi, Eric Slobodnik. Uh, for you guys local here in Scranton, Pennsylvania, these names may be found, or they may sound pretty familiar. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and it's for a guard unit. I feel it. You know, a, killed in action, killed in action. They're they're all tragedy. They're all they're all, they all line up the same. I feel like with, with a guard, the community gets hit with it so much more. Mm. Being like you know six people in such a short period of time gone. That's it. That's six families yeah. destroyed. Yeah. All and five of those in one day. Yeah. So you could under like the, so the community gets hit as well. So it's pretty heavy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And um. So with all that being said, we we had a job to do, and it's you know I, it's I, I hate to say it, it's it's nature of the game, you know we're we're being sent to war and we're rolling the dice here. We don't know what's going to happen sometimes, and unfortunately these tragedies happen, mm-hmm. and all we can do now is remember the remember the fallen and be there for the families. You know, right. I think, I think that's the important thing to do. 
Yeah. Speaking with Earl Granville, and uh, you can reach out to Earl Granville, G-R-A-N-V-I-L-L-E, first name Earl. Just Google his name. Uh, you'll definitely can find him on Facebook. He's on Instagram. I'm going to give you his email, um, and we're going to kind of move. We're in Bosnia, and we're going to kind of move to what happened to you. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about that. So, like I said, Iraq changed my life. Here I went from, I'm going to do my minimal contract and get out and finish my education, find a career, to I'm on my second employment, volunteered for it, I'm raising my hand to re-up my contract, and I realized I want to do this for the rest of my life. Mm. And that's what happened. Came home from Iraq. Now, being that I was guard, I was continuing to get my education. So I got two more semesters at Lackawanna College, and I graduated. And then we got another warning order, and this one was Afghanistan. Okay. And I jumped on that immediately. And prior, I was with my home unit going to Bosnia and Iraq, the 109th Infantry out of the 55th Brigade here in the 28th Infantry Division. This deployment, I'm volunteering to go with 103rd Armor, uh, so tanks, mm-hmm. basically. And like I said, I raised my hand right away, and I knew this is what I wanted well, to do. This is your life, right? Yeah, this is it. I mean, this, I, that was your life at that I, point. I, I enjoyed this culture so much. The of, the, of the military yeah. and I was like yeah. man this is what I want to do well Joe on the other hand at this time um, he has a family mm-hmm. and he has responsibilities he's still in the guard mm-hmm. right? and he takes a full time job as a corrections officer at SCI Waymart mm-hmm. state prison mm-hmm. and he says look man I can't volunteer for these anymore um, we are scheduled to go back to Iraq with a different brigade in the 20th infantry division in about a year how about we do that instead? And I said, you know, no, I'm doing this. Cut that cord. I'm going to Afghanistan. That's what I wanted to do. We went without your brother this time. Yep. Joe stayed back and I went. Okay. So on this deployment, I became a staff sergeant and we're part of what's called the Providence Reconstruction Team and our PRT for short. And each Providence in Afghanistan would have these teams that would help rebuild the country. Uh, It's more of a humanitarian thing with a little bit of offensive and defense because the Taliban doesn't just want our, doesn't want our presence there, right. helping the locals. So, right. it, nature of the beast. One of the things we would do is escort these civil affairs officers, engineers, um, local government of Afghanistan, maybe to meetings. And our job was a security for all these bigwigs that we're escorting. Okay. Right. right. Well, one mission, we're looking at a, a school in a town called Zormont. All right, it's in a Paktia Providence, um, and we were escorting this civil affairs officer. His name was Major Scott Haggerty, and he was in the Army Reserves. All right, the thing with Major Haggerty is Major Haggerty liked to be in charge of the vehicle he was in, so he wouldn't sit in the back seat. He would be in control of the vehicle he was in. Got right? it. I saw the roster that day. He was going to be in my vehicle, mm-hmm. so I knew it was going to happen. He was going to take my job. Mm. That's cool, man. Because at that, at that time, my job was, I was a I was a vehicle commander. Got right? it. Right. So I would bark orders to yeah. people in my vehicle, radio to the other vehicles, and so on. And Major Haggerty took that job, even though it wasn't his job. That's what he wanted to do. It. I didn't care. Like, dude, you want it? By all means, man. Yeah. Put, and that put me in the gunner's hatch. So we went to go look at a, this site to build a school in this town called Zorma, and it was June third, two thousand eight. Um, we hit an, a roadside bomb. Um, all I can say is I got lucky. I mean, I know you guys out there can't see, but I ended up losing my left leg through the knee. 
and my right leg was pretty salvaged, a lot of hardware, and more, even more tragic, Major Scott Haggerty and another gentleman, uh, Specialist Derek Holland of Wingap, Pennsylvania, another local guy, they were right. both killed in action. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, I look at this like, here it was, move last minute, and that saved my life. And Amazing. Poor, and it's, you know, we lost Derek and Scott, and uh-huh. it was just, you know, such a tragedy. I have nothing to complain about. Yeah, the the words I was so lucky is kind of reverberating in my brain <laughs> right now. Uh well I'm seeing you now. You you are lucky. You're in great shape and we're gonna talk about that. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Business Builders Show. I'm your host, Marty Wolf. Uh you're listening on C Suite Radio. My guest is Earl Granville. Um, I know you're engaged. This is the Veterans Day edition of the Business Builder Show that I've already mentioned. I never do this. I compel. I feel. I felt compelled to do this first for many reasons. I have very, many veteran friends, but I became friends with Earl Granville, and I wanted to share your story. So, okay, so you're <laughs> you're lucky. <laughs> you lost part of your leg. Um, so you come back and. So your life continues to take these interesting turns mm-hmm. that um, I guess the word is you needed to become really resilient. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about when the recuperation, what you did after that, some family <laughs> issues that uh, that occurred and kind of put you uh, kind of the things that you're doing today. But sure. Kind of tell me that. Well, like I said, I lost my leg, my, my left leg through the knee and uh when I left Afghanistan, I hit Germany, and that's actually where I lost my leg. They realized it was unsavable, so Got they amputated it. there, and I was there for about a week, and eventually I was sent to Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Washington, D.C., and this was going to be my home for a few years. You know, still active duty, still in the Army. Mm. So, eventually, my immediate family got the green light to come down after like day three or four being there, being more stable and whatnot, uh, get through some surgeries first, and... Obviously, I have to look at my family in the face. And I have to say, Marty, I here I am with confidence that I was in a pretty optimistic mood. Like mm. I had an optimistic view of everything. I'm here. I'm alive. This could be a lot worse. Well, my parents, my siblings, and here it is, the conversation with Joe one-on-one, my twin brother. You know, the guy who I could say is the reason I joined the Army, all right? And Joe says to me, I should have just gone with you, dude. I should have just gone with you, dude. Wow. Uh, And Joe and I were twins, but Joe always played that role of the older brother out of Mm -hmm. the two of us. It's just who he is. You know, um, it's just how him and I worked. I could tell Joe was guilty. And even though I'm trying to be funny about it, like, not funny, but like, like, you're hey, upbeat. Man. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a right. The side of cir- in the, around the circumstances, you're relatively upbeat. Absolutely. Okay. And, and Joe had a different point of view. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He went a whole different route. And yeah. even trying to give him a little humor, man. Hey, man, at least my freaking dick didn't get blown off. Right? Like, <laughs> could be a lot worse, dude. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my time at Walter Reed was pretty awesome. 
like you, you think of it as somber place, but that culture of the military and the armed forces is still there. That attitude and yeah. you're seeing the army and the Marines are duking it out. What's a better branch? <laughs> Nobody yeah. still likes the Air Force. <laughs> like <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, like, yeah. and I think my, well, I guess of, that cool, even that cool is coming from your point of view, but go ahead. Well, I think yeah. it was very important for yeah. the recovery. There sure. wasn't much pity, which I thought was very important. Interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean, and, yeah. and you don't you don't think of it at the time, but as I reflect and look back at it now, how amazing it was going through all my rehab there. Yeah. Like, let's just say I came home back to Scranton, Pennsylvania. I guarantee it, I wouldn't be the person I am now. I know that. I, I truly believe that because of your experience of that uh, that being in the Walter Reed and just that whole environment. Absolutely. You know, here I am newly That's injured, fascinating, and I'm seeing some right. of these guys who've been here for a little while and see what their abilities are. Wow. Which kind of opened my eyes, like, okay, I could do this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to see it on YouTube or something like that, to actually get to know these guys a little bit. Yeah. And we're actually like walking around, like, hey, man, what kind of knee do you use to walk? What kind of foot is that? What kind of foot do you use to run with? It's pretty neat. Yeah. And prosthetic department is right there. Everything's at your fingertips. Right. And it's the place to be in a situation like this. Yeah. And even the, the victims from the Boston Marathon bombings, mm. that's where they did the rehab since it was a terrorist incident. They went to Walter Reed as well, which I thought was awesome. And, you know, it's wow. it tells you that type of place, what that place is like. And so when did you come home? home I came being home. Scranton, Wilkesbury area, northeast Pennsylvania. I came home back to northeastern Pennsylvania, uh, 2010. And what did you do then? What did I do then? Yeah. Well, I medically, when I medically retired and came home. I didn't do anything right away. I mean, I was good mood. I was uh, sure. trying to figure out my life at this moment. I wanted to further that education. Yeah. But I wanted some time to kind of digress a little bit and yeah. do what I had to do first. That makes sense. You know? So, uh, it's an important part of your story. So, yes. let's talk about Joe. Okay. So, go there. Well, like I said, I, I got out of the Army in 2010. The end of 2010. Um. You know, worst moment ever in my life. I was getting ready for an event with a girl I was dating at the time. Uh, she was an RN here in Scranton. And some of the staff, the doctors, would like to go to some restaurant in Clark Summit, get dressed up, kind of be like a, a thank you for the awesome year. Right. You know, right? nice nice event. We're getting ready for this event. And I get, we're laughing, you know, picking at each other like couples do, you know, having a good time. And I'm getting ready for this event. I'm, I have uh, hair gel in my hands, about to gel my hair. And my, I hear my phone ring, so I just let it go to voicemail. You know, do my hair, wash my hands, go see who called me. And it was my mother. So I listen to her voicemail, and she says, very somber, you need to call me immediately. So I do. And she picks up the phone, and she's crying on the other end, and she just says my name. And I said, what's the matter? And she just says, Joe committed suicide. Mm. Joe committed suicide. Wow. Marty, I got to be honest with you. Worst day of my fucking life. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't grasp. You know, I didn't think about this right away, but I couldn't grasp. Here, I'm getting this second chance at life. Mm. And Joe takes his away. Wow. And I'm not here to talk about why he did it. I don't know why he did it. Who knows? And, I, and there's no... no. There's, and anybody out there who's ever experienced something like this, there's no reason to even find it. Because what are you going to get from it? They're not coming back. Yeah. And I had to realize that with Joe. But anyway, when I heard that, 
my mother sat on the other end. I hit the ground and I screamed. And the girl I was dating, she heard what my mom said. She started crying. I don't know what I said after that to my mother. But the first thing I did when I hung up that phone is I went right into the kitchen and every single ounce of alcohol I had, I poured it down the drain. Hmm. And I'll get back to you why I did that. Well, the quick reason is, yeah, I grew up with an alcoholic and I knew if I grabbed something right then and there, Mm. my life was done. I thought, don't get me wrong, I drink. (coughs) But if I suppressed right then and there, I don't know where I'd be at in life. Wow. I was nervous. I I, God bless, God bless you for having <coughs> that moment where you that occurred to you. What a blessing for the future, huh? I gotta tell you, yeah, it was a. What a well, blessing. it was it, it was that reaction, not what yeah. happened, obviously. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, next day, you know, I go to Joe's house. My parents are there. Uh, my brothers and sisters are there. Joe's wife and kids are there. And, you know, obviously you, you can kind of get yeah, not how good. everybody's reacting, the emotions yeah, that are going yeah, on. Yeah, tough moments. And I ended up going into this, I, I eventually like, watching everybody like, man, I, I, I can't be like this. Everybody else is like this and I can't be like this. And I was like, all right, so what can we do now? What do we do now? At this time, Joe wasn't a corrections officer at SCI Wayman anymore. Joe was... A training NCO at Alpha Company versus the 109th Infantry up in Honesdale. And so he's active duty in a guard unit. So he has all the benefits, all that stuff. So this, when this happened, it was a, a Saturday when Joe passed away. Monday, like the funeral arrangements start, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So Monday, I went up to the armory, seeing my readiness NCO, walking into this armory for the first time in a long time. And there's Joe's desk and I, what do I do now? All right. What do we like funeral arrangements, benefits for his kids? What's the process now? Mm. And now I'm like giving out tasks. Hey man, I just went into that mode. I'm like, Hey, I need you to get this award, that award, this award for Joe's dress blues. We want to land a rest in his dress blues. I'm going to need this, that, this, that. And I just went into that mode. Right. And, um, talking to the funeral director you know, with my family picking out the casket and I kept myself so occupied and busy mm. and even though I know what I'm prepping for I wasn't even thinking about it does that make sense like I just wanted to stay busy I needed yeah. I, I wanted responsibilities right then and there alright let's do this let's do that let's do this well it's your brother you wanted to do right by your brother and your family and I I assume that maybe your military training and your you know, that kind of thing may have helped kick in too. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was, but. But you just, you kind of took over at that point. Yeah. And uh, don't yeah. get me wrong. It wasn't just me, but no, it, it was, it was nice to just delegate stuff yeah. and kind of, it, it's so weird Yeah, that I was happy to be in charge of something like this. Cause I just sat there and sulked. Yeah. I mean, it would have killed me. I mean, it was killing me anyway. Yeah. Um, terrible moment. Okay, so we're going to go faster than we probably should um, because we have, uh, again, this is uh, the Business Builder Show, and this is my Veterans Day edition of the show. I am your host, Marty Wolf, Earl Granville, Mm. 
is my guest. I'm sure everyone is totally engaged, probably writing down notes. You'll probably have people reach out to you in the military hearing this experience. That's probably what you have experienced. So so here you are. Some time passes. You're obviously in shape. So let's kind of get into you're a public speaker. You're an active advocate. You're involved in a gazillion things that we can't cover all of them. I guess, what did you do? I guess you're focused on the your physical well-being that mm-hmm. coupled with your mental well-being. Is, was Absolutely. that an okay way to say yes, it? Yes, that is perfect. Okay, so that, talk to me about that. How did so, that come together? I'll say, when we laid Joe to rest, I was done. I didn't know what to do after that. So yeah. then I started playing a victim. I started feeling sorry for myself. I felt yeah. like the world owed me everything, all right? And I was doing a lot of bad things and going on a downward spiral. But what helped me get back on track was being physically active and it helped me so much mentally. Now, why did I choose this route? Mm. I learned from Joe's peers how Joe was so proud of the things I was accomplishing after I lost my leg. I was I was snowboarding again with a special yeah. prosthetic leg. I was introduced into sled hockey. So it's a, a disabled version of ice hockey. And when I learned that, because Joe never told me that and so we never talked to, to each other like that. You know what I mean? Sure. So when I learned that, I decided to challenge myself more. Mm. You know, because when Joe died, once again, I made it about me. You know, mm. playing the victim. Got it. Like after we laid him to rest. So I started making it about Joe. I'm going to do this in honor of Joe. I'm going to do that in honor of Joe. And it turned into something so much bigger than I thought it would. You know, mentally it was helping me. Sure. I'm going to do, I'm going to ruck the army 10 mile in honor of Staff Sergeant Joe Granville. I'm going to, you know, start running again and do, uh, you know, Ryan Les- Ryan, uh, run for Ryan, Ryan Leckie's sure, event the local. every year. Yeah. The first 5K yeah. I ever did was Ryan's event. Wow. And um, it just snowballed from there. Just kept on going. You know? And um, where eventually it went from me. Wait, it shouldn't be about me. It was about Joe. Right. right. I ended up getting involved with an organization called Operation During Warrior and Oscar Mike. And these organizations, they help wounded and disabled veterans live an active lifestyle. Two different organizations, but with a very similar mission. Mm-hmm. There's tons of 501c3s out there that want to help our military community, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to find the one to work for you. And I... Okay, let me interrupt you. So say those two slower. Tell us those two organizations you just mentioned. Operation Enduring Warrior. You can find them at EnduringWarrior.org or Oscar Mike, like the name Oscar and the name Mike. Right. Um, OscarMike.org. Both are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Right. Um, check them out. Uh, I am a huge advocate for these organizations. Yeah, you're deeply involved in the, both Absolutely. those organizations. Um. Go ahead, finish your thoughts. So anyway, joining these organizations gave me a purpose once again. Mm -hmm. Getting out there and now as well being a part of a team once again too. So what happened with this is um, I started, uh, it wasn't about me anymore. It wasn't about Joe anymore. Once again, just like in Iraq, it was about us. About us. Yes. And I think that's the biggest issue some of our people in our military struggle with when they take that uniform off huh. is they, they, they lose a part of themselves. And I think what ties in with that is being physically active once again, laying out on door. Yeah. And I'm saying that from my experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So putting that, uni- you know, putting a uniform back on, cause we wear uniforms in operation during warrior. Yeah. We're all veterans or law enforcement. We help law enforcement as well in these organizations. Yeah. 
and getting out there with a mission, being a part of a team once again, and pushing through, reaching goals together. So now I'm a mentor. I'm one just yeah. like an NCO. I'm now mentoring guys. That's great. And this is what I want to give out to our military community out there: is understand that we're going to take this uniform off someday, or it's already off now. We must understand. We always talk about post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress. Every time somebody's sad, it's post-traumatic stress. Mm. I personally believe, don't get me wrong, post-traumatic stress is real. And I'm not denying that. But I personally believe one of the biggest struggles we have is when we're taken out of that culture. And it's all we know as an adult because most of us join as soon as we become adults. Right. How do we fill those voids in one's hand? Find a new purpose, develop a new passion, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Okay? Three P's I call them. Purpose, passion, part of something. Examples, my purpose now, I'm a public speaker and I'm mentoring these wounded veterans. My passion is fitness, something we talked about. Fitness helped me mentally so much. Yeah. It led me into a path that I never thought I'd be doing now, being a part of something bigger than myself, these organizations. How do we find those? Change that shitty attitude, and I don't mean to curse, guys, but you got to change that shitty attitude, guys. You dysfunctional veteran, all that noise, get rid of it. Step out of your comfort zone because it's not going to fall in your lap. You have to find what works for you and step out of your comfort zone and stop being Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. You guys know what I'm talking about. See the movie. Don't live in the past, basically. And it's your self-responsibility to step out of your, to find that happiness for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's No one's going to do it but you. You have to do it. You have to make those choices. You have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to change that attitude to find your happiness and purpose once again. And I think that's the biggest struggle mm. our armed forces members, when we take that uniform off, I think that's the biggest struggle they deal with. Mm. What is my purpose now? What is my worth? Yeah, it's it's about us. And the us is the military, and you can stay connected to that, and that's strong. But the us can become your family, mm-hmm. your community. Yes. You can advocate for anything that's important to you that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. You're always going to have those relationships with your brothers and sisters in the military. Absolutely. Right? But that us can be expanded. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, I, I have to go here. I got, I got, not, we're going to get a little funny now. This is really serious <laughs> shit we're talking about here. Let, let's move on to something a little more humorous. Well, it's not humorous. Uh, first time I actually saw a picture of you, um, you had a, I guess, a chain around on your shoulders and you're holding a cinder block. Okay, what the hell is that? And what does that mean? <laughs> so I got to tell you what that represents here. I'm going to pull up my key. I should have just brought it. I know we're doing radio, but so here's a little keychain of that. It's got literally it. a cinder block with a chain. Yeah. This is what we're discussing is named Cindy. Cindy the cinder block. <laughs> right, yeah, real creative. Cindy Jeez. the cinder block. Okay, got it. Yeah. So I found Cindy on a warrior dash. Me and my buddies were running this race, all right? Saw half a cinder block sitting on the ground. We had chains. We put this thing together. We finished the race all carrying it together. We all took turns carrying it. My buddies and Oscar Mike, they, hey, bring that, bring that chain with you. Bring that cinder block with you. So we kept doing it over and over. People started asking, why do you care that? What's the meaning behind it? Yeah. I heard it so much, I decided to give it a little meaning. What Cindy represents is that heavy mental adversity that we're going to face in society, guilt, stress, depression, anxiety, money issues, loss of a loved one, broken heart. You guys get the idea, right? I get it. All the bullshit that holds us down to stop us from enjoying life. Yeah. Okay. Us as humans, we're resilient. We can figure it out. You know? Yeah. We'll, we'll push through it and get through it. But also as humans, sometimes that weight can get heavy and it's easy to feel lost. So what do we do after that? 
Now, I know in the armed forces culture, people struggle to actually reach out and get help. Mm. They they don't yeah. like to be vulnerable. Right. They oh man, how can a counselor help me? They don't know what I've been through. That's not the point, dude. The idea of Cindy, all that weight that holds us down and stops us from enjoying life. We're allowed to pass that weight off to somebody else and carry it together as a team. Mm-hmm. So when we run these races, these Spartan races, whatever it may be, we carry Cindy, we all take turns carrying it as a team, just like we did in uniform. It's powerful, man. Just like what we did in uniform. Yeah. We, you know, if one person gets affected, it affects all of us. We all carry that weight together. That doesn't stop when we're home. You can look at your battle buddy. You can look at society. You can see a professional counselor. I saw a counselor. Yeah. You're going to call me weak or something like that? Hey, man, best decision I ever made. Yeah. I don't see a counselor anymore. Why? Because I saw a counselor to begin with to work at it. Yeah. Understand, you don't have to carry that weight by yourself. If Cindy's holding that's you the, down. That's the message, Earl. You don't have to carry that. And again, we're, you're, we're, it's a Veterans Day edition of the Business Builders Show. And, um, but the message is for society, Absolutely. That's what you're really, that's what you're preaching today, man. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're doing marathons. I mean, like, I find this crazy. I think, I'm, I'm wondering if there's something wrong with you. You know, like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? New York City Marathon, I think you were in Boston. I think you were in uh, Detroit. And, and some, you know, you ran and, uh, and, uh, and uh, what do you call it? The oh, bike? the hand bike. Yeah, the hand bike. Marine Corps Marathon. I mean, yeah. go to his Facebook page. See these pictures of Earl Granville. I mean... This is nuts. But what this is, is you're doing it for the right reasons for, you're doing it for society. Right. Am I, am I okay saying that? Yes, I mean, you are Your brothers right. and your sisters and in the military, and mm-hmm. you're, you're an advocate. But geez, there's a message for all of us. So this started with the military, but I truly believe anybody can relate to this. At some point, you're going to have a bad day. Everyone has a bad day. If you have a bad day in life, get the hell out of here, man. Come on. Get lost. Give me a break. Let's be real. But what did I say before? Remember when I poured that alcohol down the drain? Remember when I said that? No matter what happens to us, we still have choices to make. That's something we can control. And that's something we need to understand. No matter what happens, we still have choices. So adversity falls in your lap. You can't control it. What are you going to do about it now? So I use the words, uh, you are blessed. Does faith have anything to do in your life? Does faith have something to do with my life? I'd say a little bit. Okay. A fraction. I'm interested to hear this. You know, I was raised Catholic. Okay. I believe because I, you're, you're karma or whatever we're talking about, the blessings or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you, 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 you have a positive, you're upbeat now. Mm-hmm. But talk to me about that part of it. What do you think? I mean, give me a comment. Well... I was, raised, be honest. I, was, I was I was raised Christian. Yeah. I really don't follow it that much anymore. Do okay. I believe in a higher being? Absolutely. Okay. I Fine. you know, especially in a nation like here. Sure. You have the freedom to pray whoever you want to. Yeah. And I don't I don't I'm not one of those anti Islam dudes, like I'm not one of those guys. Yeah. And for fuck's sake, man, and Islam carried me my was one of the guys carrying me on my litter to the medevac chopper. There you an go. Afghan police officer. Yeah. Like so it's another human being. Exactly. It's another human exactly. being. Exactly. But does faith have something to do with this? I know there's a higher being out there. I don't know which one works for me. Because we all have the ability to find one that works for you. Yeah. That's the freedom of religion. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean there's a spaghetti monster uh, religion. You guys ever see that? Like I, I it's, so and, and and I'm not and I don't mean to mock anybody's yeah, faith I when it, I, I say it, that. I, I know, but if what you're praying and what you follow 
is making you a better person and helping the ones around you and helping you live a healthy, happy life. Yeah. And most importantly, giving back to others. Who could yeah. we judge? Now, of course, you're going to have your radicals in Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to have your and radical. Anything. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. you know what? Gonna have your Take that noise out. Take that noise out completely. Yeah. The physical part of your life, uh, and I think this pertains to just about anybody who's listening to our message at whatever level, whatever you're stuck in, I think is very, very important because the endorphins and all those kinds of things feed your mind. You can't think your way out of these things, I don't think. I don't think. I think you need to have the physical thing. You need a coach. You need help. You need all those kinds of things. So my guest has been Earl Granville, G-R-A-N-V-I-L-L-E. You got to go to his Facebook page. He's on Instagram also. And um, we're talking about his military experience, but you want to bring Earl Granville in to speak to your organization. I don't care what kind of organization you have. You'll want him to to come. So reach out to him on uh, Facebook, on Instagram. You can call me if you want, uh, you know, and you know how to get a hold of me, Marty Wolf, and I'll connect you with my friend, Earl Granville. We're going to wrap up. How did we do? Did we get your message out if we didn't, or even if we got some of it out? Wrap it up. Veterans Day edition of the Business Builder Show. How do to you want to wrap up, man? To our veterans out there, to this Veterans Day, I just want to ask you guys one big favor. Step out of that comfort zone and be pride in your service. It's Veterans Day. You're supposed to have pride. Don't let that pride become self-ego and self-destruct. You must always be prideful of what you've done. Because let's be reality. Not everybody does what we do. Right. Be prideful of it. Be humble about it. Don't expect society to give you a handout because of it however get out there and help each other out step out of that comfort zone and find that new passion find that new purpose and be a part of something once again bigger than yourself 501c3 something that you could even work at the soup kitchen there's one in vine street in scranton right. pennsylvania man right, right. yeah there's get all out there make a difference in the community continue to serve happy veterans guys thank you so much for having me marty earl it's been a real pleasure and an honor god bless you thank you thank you so much Thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show, but stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite radio show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.